0: About uh, 10 years ago or so, I was guest speaking at a church, and I delivered the message. And the only people I knew at that particular church was the senior pastor and his family, and then Dan and Jan Kroll, who many of you know. And and so I get done the message, and the pastor comes forward, and he's like, man, that was powerful. He's like, if anybody wants prayer, please come forward, and I'll have Gilbert just lay hands on you and pray for you. And it must have been a powerful message. He's like, the whole church comes forward. And, I mean, it wasn't a huge church, but it's like everybody. And so I now need to, like, pray for every single person that's come forward. So I don't have time to actually, like, stop and have a conversation with these people of, you know, what's going on in your life. Basically, it was like, what do you need me to pray for? And they would tell me, I lay hands on them, start to to pray. Well, I get about two or three people down the line, and the strangest thing starts to happen. As I'm praying for the request that they gave me, God started to reveal things to me that he also wanted me to pray for Him about. And these were things that it was like, weird type thing like why would i be praying about this right now because how would I even know if that's true or not? But yet I really felt that God was saying this, speak these words. So I'm like praying for this person for healing and this person for this thing and this person for So I'm like just going right down the line and I'm praying not only for the things that they had requested, but then for these things that God is revealing to me as well. Now, Dan, who was a leader in that particular church, he was following me down the line as well, just sort of laying hands on, just sort of supporting as I'm praying. Afterwards, he said to me, that was amazing. I said, what? And he's like, how did you know that stuff? He's like, every single thing you said was like what's going on in their lives right now. And you couldn't have possibly have known that. And he started giving me examples. He's like, you know, like the guy that you stopped and you said, God, please provide him employment in his life. You couldn't have possibly have known he just lost his job two weeks ago. And then the, the woman that you laid hands on her and, and prayed for her mom to be healed. You couldn't have known that last month she got diagnosed with cancer. And he just kept telling me story after story, literally every single person down the row what I had prayed for him was what was going on in their lives. Now, here's a question for you this morning. Did I get lucky and guess like 20, 30 times what everybody's needs were? Or did God give me a gift in that moment of of knowledge and of revelation of of what was going on? What do do you think? Was it lucky or a gift? It It was a gift, right. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is that God gives us spiritual gifts, and sometimes we just can't possibly explain them in, in any way. Now, in case you haven't been with us for the past couple weeks, what we've been doing is we've been doing the series called The Ghost, where we're looking at not like Halloween stuff and Ghostbusters and I ain't afraid of no ghost type thing. No, we're, we're looking at the Holy Spirit of God. And, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, we've learned, is here for us the Holy Spirit is come alongside of us to help us and to assist us through life, to give us wisdom and guidance and direction. And, and even sometimes supernatural types of things will happen through us because of him. Now, back in week one, we looked at there's benefits of just having the presence of the Holy Spirit with you all the time. So that, that's pretty cool. And last week we looked at there's benefits of having the power of the Holy Spirit not just living inside of us, but then that the power of the Spirit can come on us. This baptism of the Spirit, where we're able to do supernatural types of things like I just talked about. You see, if you have this powerful Spirit that's in you and on you, it only makes sense that occasionally other people are going to be able to see that type of thing happening. That the Spirit will manifest Himself through you. Now, I know for some of you that sort of freaks you out, it weirds you out a little bit, but let's look at what Scripture says about these spiritual gifts. So if you've got a Bible, you want to turn to Romans chapter 1, that's where we'll be. We'll be in 1 Corinthians as well today, so if you want to turn there to chapter 12 especially. So Romans 1, verse 11, we read this. I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Now, again, many people, they hear about, oh, spiritual gifts, and they're like, that's, like, freaky, and it's weird, and so I'm just going to, like, try to avoid that. I don't want to have anything to do with things like that. But that's actually exactly opposite of what Scripture tells us. Look at 1 Corinthians 14.1. It's there that Paul says this, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now, as you read through the New Testament, especially through the book of Acts, what you keep seeing over and over and over again is ordinary people, people like you and I, that God starts to use and they're able to do extraordinary things. And the reason that they do that is so that unbelievers would believe, so that believers will have their faith strengthened, and then ultimately that God might be glorified. But you just keep seeing it over and over. I mean, there's like people getting healed, and people are, are having demons cast out of them, and there's a couple times we read that they lay hands on people and they actually rise again from the dead. We, we see like people speaking in unknown tongues that they couldn't have possibly have ever known. We see people having a boldness to share the gospel, and thousands of people are getting saved at a time. I mean, it's just amazing, all these miraculous things that are happening. And God wants those things to happen through us, because His Spirit is. Is still here, lives in us, and the Spirit sometimes comes upon us to do these types of things. Now, there are some people that would say, you know what, no, 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 no. Those things don't exist anymore. Those things were meant for the disciples to help get the early church started, but the Spirit doesn't work that way any longer. They needed those types of miracles just to get things up and running. There's a problem with that, though. Actually, two problems. The first one is this. First would be like personal experience, like that I've had and others had. I shared with you a story last week of me laying hands on somebody and, and healing them you know, when they are having a heart attack. And then I just shared the story with you about having all the revelation of the things going on in all these people's lives. Things like that still happen today. And, and by the way, those two things that I shared in my story, those are like minor as compared to some of the other things that I've witnessed and some of the things that I've seen and you know and, and hear about all around the world that still go on to this day. Here's the second problem, and it's Scripture. There are far more Scriptures that would say that, no, these gifts continue on to this day than there are that would say that they don't. And, in fact, the the Scriptures that say that they don't or that people try to make say that they don't, you really have to distort them in order to to try to believe that. In other words, uh, when they use those Scriptures, they also have to discount a lot of other things. Because they say, oh, well, uh, you know, Scripture says the tongues will cease. Yeah, but it also says that other things will cease. That's actually talking about at the, the end times. And so there, there's, again, other, other Scriptures that are like that. So here, here's the deal. I don't want you to believe me on any of this. I, I tell you that all the time. Just because I'm standing up here saying it doesn't make it the gospel truth, Okay. I'm trying not to steer you wrong in any way, but I want you to go home and I want you to study this whole thing, of actually this whole series of of the the Spirit, and, and, and especially today these gifts of the Spirit, and next week we'll talk about something that's really freaky for a lot of you. We'll talk about that just a little bit later, but I want you to study this for yourself, Go back and re-examine the scriptures again. Don't go based on, you know, what mom and dad told you when you were growing up. Don't go based on, you know, well, I've always believed it this way. I want you to examine these things in the light of scripture. Today, though, we will take at least my viewpoint that these things do still exist for today. All right, I'll give you some of the, the things that the Bible talks about spiritual gifts. So what is a spiritual gift? Well, if you're taking notes there on your outline, a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on the earth. Say that again. Spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to how many Christians? All Christians to do God's work on the earth. First Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12.1, Paul says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not want there to be any misunderstanding concerning spiritual gifts. However, a recent study was done that showed that 87% of people that call themselves follower of Jesus, number one, don't even know what spiritual gifts are. And then, obviously, if they don't know what they are, they don't know what their particular spiritual gift is. So it actually sounds like there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to this thing called spiritual gifts. And so that's why I want to share this with you here this morning. Paul continues on then in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6, and he says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but they all come from the same spirit. There are different ways to serve the same Lord, and we can each do different things. Yet the same God works in all of us and helps us in everything that we do. Notice that, again, all of us have spiritual gifts of some sort. What Satan would like is nothing more than you to not know what your gift is, to keep your gift hidden, to keep your gift unused. Because he knows that when you do that, then you're not walking in the power that God has given you through the power of the Spirit. So what are spiritual gifts? Well, before we get to what they are, let's look at what they're not. Again, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding when it comes to spiritual gifts. So number one there on your outline, first of all, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. When you were born, you were given a lot of natural talents. Maybe you can sing, maybe you can dance, maybe you're good with numbers, maybe you're mechanically inclined, maybe you know you can do whatever your talent happens to be. You have natural things that are in you, natural abilities. I call these things resonant gifts. These are things that have resided in you from the day that you were born. Those are not spiritual gifts. Now, a lot of times, spiritual gifts may like supplement... And complement your natural gifts, sort of take it to a new level, but it's definitely not the same thing. Not the same. You see, when you became a follower of Jesus, you became a Christian, the Bible says you were born again. So in the same way when you were naturally born, physically born, you were given gifts. Now when you are spiritually born, you're getting given a new set of gifts. These are spiritual gifts. So again, there is a difference. Number two then. Spiritual gifts are not given to an elite few. God doesn't say, okay, you Christians over here, I'm giving gifts to. You've got power. You're going to change the world. And you guys over here, sorry about your luck. I mean, you're not going to be able to do anything, you know, just sort of sit on the sidelines. Doesn't work that way. Spiritual gifts are given to all Christians. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. And we're all to use our gift to, again, help bring the lost to Jesus, help followers be built up, and ultimately to glorify God. Number three, spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. You know, just because you have a certain spiritual gift doesn't make you more mature than someone else. Now, unfortunately, in churches today, what we see oftentimes is they take the spiritual gifts and they say, wow, these are like the really, really important ones, and these down here, are, uh, they're okay. But all spiritual gifts are important. And where you find this one oftentimes is the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. People are like, oh, if you speak in tongues, you're like way up here, and if you don't speak in tongues, you're down here. Now, actually, there's a difference between speaking in tongues and the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. We'll talk about that next week, okay? But let me just say for today, just because you speak in tongues, that doesn't make you any better than anybody else. But yet, this is such a divisive issue in churches. Not just people that don't believe that the gifts of the Spirit still exist for today, but even amongst churches where they still believe they are for today, there's still this big argument over this particular topic. But again, this doesn't make you any more spiritually mature. I've known people that speak in tongues and they're meaner and junkyard dog. I mean, it's just, it, it, it doesn't make you spiritually mature. Okay. Number four, then. Spiritual gifts are not to be confused with the fruit of the spirit. In Galatians chapter five, the Apostle Paul gives a list of things that are sort of signs of spiritual maturity. This is what we're talking about, spiritual maturity now. And it's signs and evidences that you have been transformed by Jesus. And this is called the fruit of the Spirit. Notice I said fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit. Now, there's nine of them, and you're like, well, it sounds like it should have an S on it. But no, this is one big package. It's not fruits. You don't get to pick and choose which ones you're going to do. This is the fruit of the Spirit, that if the Spirit lives in you, it's like a seed that's been planted in you, and out of that seed should come fruit. And Paul says, here's what that fruit is, love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I've had people, will say to me through the years, well, I just don't have a gift of love, or I don't have a gift of patience. But listen, those aren't gifts. Those are fruit. There's a difference. You don't get to pick and choose, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You're supposed to have all those things if you're really a follower of Jesus. Does that make sense? The difference between the fruit of the spirit and then spiritual gifts. Number five, spiritual gifts are not something to fear. The gifts aren't odd and creepy, even if some of the people who operate them in are. <laughs> and if you've ever been around church for a while, you know what I'm talking about. Okay? I've seen through the years people that misuse and abuse the Spirit. I've seen people that they'll manufacture things and through the power of suggestion and and other things, they'll, they'll try to manufacture and make things happen that while God can do and maybe even wants to do, in the moment was fake and it wasn't real. But just because somebody mishandles something and misuses something doesn't mean that it's wrong. It means that they... We're wrong. Does that make sense? That you can't just say, well, because sometimes people fake these things and and misuse it, then I just need to throw the whole thing out. Again, it's not the gifts problem. It's the person operating in the gifts who has the problem. And so just because you don't understand something or just because it seems a little weird to you doesn't mean that you need to fear it. So again, spiritual gifts are not something that you should fear because Paul said we should all desire spiritual gifts. This is something you want, not something to push away. All right, so what are spiritual gifts then? I'm going to break it into three categories for you here this morning, and hopefully By putting them in the categories, it'll help it to make a little bit more sense. Because some of you have heard about spiritual gifts before, and it just seems like this long list of various things, and you're like, how does that all fit in? But by putting it in these categories, hopefully this will help. So uh, the first set is this, motivational gifts. Motivational gifts. There's seven of these in total. And what Scripture says is that all of us are given at least one of these seven motivational gifts. Now, you may have more than one, but you have at least one of them. And this is what I was talking about last week when I said that the Spirit comes and lives in you. This is something that the the Spirit has done. He he basically takes one of your resident gifts, something you were born with, and he just, like, jacks it up to a brand new level. It's like a gift on steroids, basically. All right? I mean, just, it's supernatural now. So what are these particular gifts? Well, in Romans 12, verses 6 to 8, we read this. We all have different gifts, each of which... Uh, came because of God's grace. The person who has the gift of prophecy should use that gift in agreement with the faith. Anyone who has the gift of serving should serve. Anyone who has the gift of teaching should teach. Whoever has the gift of encouraging others should encourage. Whoever has the gift of giving to others should give freely. Anyone who has the gift of being a leader should try hard when he leads. Whoever's, whoever has the gift of mercy to others should do so with joy. These seven will impact how you relate to the world, how you relate to other people, what your impact in the church is going to be. And again, all of us have at least one of these gifts, every single one of us. Now, the the first one there on the list, you notice, is prophecy. This is the one that we read about earlier that Paul said, this is the one that you should desire more than any other. In fact, this particular one is going to show up in all three of these categories. It's the only one you're going to see in all three categories. The spiritual gift of prophecy. What is the spiritual gift of prophecy? It's simply this. It's being able to take God's word and use it to help expose sin and error and and disobedience in other people's lives. And not for the point of, like, judging them in any way, but because you want to help get them restored to God. And So Paul says, man, this is the one you want to desire, is to be able to take God's word and show people that, that, look, the way you're living right now, that isn't God's way. There's a better way for you to live. So that's the one we should desire more than any other. Again, the rest of these then are basically these resident types of things that you have inside of you, basically from birth, that now God has just jacked up to a brand new level. For example, with me, I've always had the gift to be able to to lead and to teach. Even when I was a kid on the playground, I was leading, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to, you know. And, you know, teaching, I've always been able to take very complex things and break it down and help people to be able to understand it. I've always been able to do that. But then when I became a follower of Jesus, it's a brand new level. And what happens with that is that when the Spirit of God comes on you and I'm in a situation where I need to lead or I need to teach, I shared this with you last week. A lot of times I'm saying things, I'm like, man, that's really good. I should be taking notes on that. Because it's not me in the moment that's smart or, or you know, really capable. It's that God's Spirit is taking that natural gift that I have and just jacking it up to that brand new level. All right? So all of us have at least one of these particular gifts. Which one do you have? Well, somebody once said, here's an easy way to, to look at this. You do the apple pie test. You're like, well, what's the apple pie test? Well, pretend for a second that you come over to my house, and we've had dinner, and I've made an apple pie. Okay, I didn't make it. I bought it. An apple pie. Those of you that know me get that joke. All right. I've got this apple pie, and we're sitting there talking, and I'm cutting the apple pie into slices. But as I'm cutting, I'm not really paying attention It's getting closer and closer and closer to the edge, and you notice that it's about to fall off the edge, but right before you can say something, it falls over into my lap. It's all over me. It's all over the floor. It's just made this complete mess. Now think about for a second, what would your initial reaction be if something like that happened? If your initial reaction would be to go, I knew that was going to happen. I saw it coming. I could have told you that that was going to happen. You have the spiritual gift of prophecy. You can point out error in other people's ways. If instead you said, oh, my goodness, here's a napkin, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to get a paper towel and some water, and we'll get that all cleaned up here. Let me help you. You have the spiritual gift of what? Serving, right? If, however, you said, you know, I just saw a thing on YouTube the other day about this about how to cut apple pies better so that you don't have accidents like that and here was step one and here's step two and here's what step three was you have the spiritual gift of teaching you want to teach people if it falls off and you're like oh man you know that happened to me one time don't don't worry about it and, in fact you know oh stop feeling bad oh here watch this and you reach down you take some you smear it all over yourself you know as well you have the spiritual gift of encouragement you you just want to help people smile and feel better about themselves for uh some people they would do this they'd like don't worry about it i know it's dropped on the floor but i happen to have an extra dessert out in the car uh and so i'll just go and get that one and, and here you can have it that's the spiritual gift of giving right me personally, how would I handle it? I'd sit there with the whole mess all over me and go, you, get a napkin, you, go to the uh, sink, get a mop and, and all that kind of stuff, wet, get that all ready. You over there, uh, go to the refrigerator, there's another dessert in there. What's that? That's a spiritual gift of leadership or being bossy, depending on <laughs> how you want to look at it. <laughs> all right. Now, how would I actually handle this if it happened to you? I'd laugh my head off. That's what I do. You know why? Because I don't have the spiritual gift of mercy. I don't have that one. But for those of you that have the spiritual gift of mercy, you know what you would do? You'd be like, oh, I feel so bad for you. Oh, no, this is terrible. I mean, literally, you would feel devastated that something like this was happening to somebody else. So that's the apple pie test. As we talked about that, and then we've been talking about these spiritual gifts, sort of think about which one sort of, Comes natural to you. And again, a lot of times these will come natural to you, but sometimes you will get some of these spiritual gifts that you never had it before. A lot of my friends who are pastors and stuff and great Bible teachers, they stuttered before becoming a Christian. They hated public speaking before becoming a Christian. I mean, there's all kinds of things that shouldn't have been, you know, them being a pastor and a teacher. But yet God gave them a gift to do it at the moment of salvation. So, which one sort of resonates with you? You need to know which one it is. All right. That's the first thing then is motivational gifts. Number two then is ministry gifts. These are tools that God uses to build up the church. These are gifts that are given through people to help lead and guide churches. We read about this in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. Says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, <clears throat> excuse me, the body of Christ. Most people that have these particular spiritual gifts are people like myself that have been called into full time vocational ministry. Now, we've talked about this before. Who is in full time vocational ministry or who's in a full time ministry? Raise your hand if you're in full time ministry. All right. Only half of you listen. All of us are in full time ministry. Every single one. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you are in full time ministry. Now somebody else may pay a paycheck for you, but your job is isn't to be a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife. It's not to be a factory worker, a sales clerk. Uh, you know, whatever you may do, a nurse. It doesn't matter. It's it's what you do for a living, but that's not who you are. You are a full time minister of the gospel of Christ. Some of us happen to have our paychecks paid for by a church. That's why I'm in full-time vocational ministry. But you are in full-time ministry. Your number one role in life is to be a minister for Jesus, to help people come to know him and help people to grow to become more like him. That's who you are. That's what you do. Okay? So that's the first thing. And so what this is saying is God has given gifts to some people to help others administrate that to, to lead all of that because he doesn't want us just to be sort of random haphazard ministers all just sort of floating around he wants us to come together collectively as the little c church like exponentialchurch.tv and then the big capital c church throughout the world and so he's given certain people gifts to be able to do that notice what this scripture says there in uh verse five what's or uh, verse 12 i should say what's my job What's it say there? Their responsibility is to equip. Notice it doesn't say that my job is to do the ministry. My job is to equip you to do the ministry. That's why we tell you around here, you've got to get plugged into life groups and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, that's where ministry happens. I don't do ministry for you. I equip people to do ministry. Now, there are certain ministry responsibilities and tasks that I have just in the same way that, that you have. But as a, as a pastor, my job is to administrate, administer, and your job is to minister, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the community and to the world. So God has given some these particular spiritual gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Number three then, third category, is manifestation gifts. There's nine of these in total, and these are the ones that actually freak people out and weird people out a little bit. Because remember last week I shared with you that there are some things that happen when the Spirit comes on you that doesn't happen when the Spirit is just in you? Well, this is this manifestation types of gifts. And the only way that you can explain these is God showed up and did something supernatural. You know, when somebody's giving or they're leading or teaching or whatever, God doesn't always get the credit for that. But these gifts that we're about to look at, people are like, ooh, wow, something something weird just happened. That that had to be God that did that. And again, this is the one that sort of freaks people out and they get so weirded out by it. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11, Paul says, here's what these are. He says, "...to each person the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of all. For one person is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, and to another the message of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit." to another performance of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. It's the one and the same spirit distributing as he decides to each person who produces all these things. Now what I'm about to share with you right now is more my personal opinion. Uh, I can't back this up with a scripture, but I, I think this is probably true. Those resident gifts that we talked about earlier that that are the the motivational types of gifts, everybody has one of those, at least one. You may have more than one. And you sort of always operate in that. Like, I always operate in teaching and leadership. I don't necessarily operate in, in the others. These manifestation gifts, though, what I believe is that they're more situational. That you don't, like, get a gift, and you always operate in a gift of healing or a gift of uh, wisdom or whatever, that these particular gifts, the Spirit comes on you and gives you that gift in the moment for that particular situation. For example, I shared the story last week about me laying hands on the guy and, and the heart attack and being healed from that, and then I shared the story this morning about having sort of that gift of knowledge that I was given wisdom and insight, uh, knowledge that I shouldn't have had, revelation, That's the only two times in my life that those two particular gifts have ever been used. You've heard my stories now. 20 years of being a Christian, only one time have I laid hands on somebody and they've been healed. Only uh, one time in 20 years have I been given sort of that supernatural insight into people's lives like that. Not that I haven't prayed for other people to be healed. Not that I haven't prayed that God would give me insight into other people's lives. It's just never happened. And the other gifts that are listed here, I've sometimes operated in some of these, and sometimes, or actually there's some of them I've never operated in. And so, again, I think that this is a very situational thing where God's Spirit comes on you and uses you in that moment. In other words, I don't think that there's anybody that can say, I always operate in the gift of healing, and man, every time I lay hands on somebody, they get healed. Even think about some famous people that you would see on TV that you think are weird Listen, I've been to some of the the things that they do, some of the outreaches, and the healings there are real. Lisa and I actually sat next to uh, one of the doctors. We were invited as special guests to a a big crusade that one of the guys on TV uh, did. And so we were sitting, like, right in the front row, and we were actually sitting next to a certified doctor. I mean, you know, we saw all this stuff, and we were talking with him, and he was verifying all this. And so people get healed. I mean, they, they do. But yet, even people like that, it doesn't mean that just because they laid their hands on somebody, they're going to get healed. God is using them sometimes in some ways to heal some and and then not others. And same way with all these gifts. God will use you sometimes in them and sometimes you won't. But again, this is what happens when you get baptized in the spirit. God will use you in uh, some of these ways. Now, what are these uh, particular uh, gifts here in the list? Well, let's go through them like we did the other one. Uh, First is the the gift of wisdom. Gift of wisdom. What is the gift of wisdom? Well, it's knowing what to say or how to react or what to do in a situation that sort of looks impossible. Did you get wisdom that's like, man, I'm not smart enough to have thought of that myself. We actually see a great example of this in uh, 1 Kings chapter 13, where Solomon is given the spiritual gift of wisdom to make a decision about what to do with this dispute over a baby, two moms are fighting over a baby. And he comes up with this solution that's like, wow, that's really good. Well, he didn't come up with it. God gave him that. We see the same thing with Jesus when he's asked a question about, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? It's this impossible situation. There's no right answer to it. But the Spirit of God comes upon Jesus and gives him the exact answer that he needs. That's like just wow, that's such an amazing answer. And you'll get that occasionally, the spiritual gift of wisdom, where again, you'll be like, that was really good. (laughs) How did I come up with it? You didn't come up with it. God gave that to you. The next one would be the spiritual gift of knowledge. This is the one that I described at the beginning of the message here today, that God gave me knowledge and insight into people's lives that I couldn't have possibly known. And sometimes he'll give that knowledge about things in the past. It could be something about the the present. Sometimes it's things uh, for the future as well. The next one is then the uh, spiritual gift of faith. Now, we're all called as Christians to have faith. But this is like taking your faith and there's like this sudden surge of the spirit that comes on you. That you're like in this impossible situation and yet you believe and you're like, Man, I shouldn't be believing right now, but yet God's Spirit is allowing you to believe. I remember the, the first house that Lisa and I wanted to buy. It was actually a government foreclosed house, and you put in like a silent bid on it, and so other people were putting in their silent bids, and the lowest one was going to get it. And we had been praying about this, and we knew for sure that this was going to be our house. We just knew it. And so we get the bid in and everything. And I'll never forget, it was a Friday. where Actually, we're out shopping. And the phone call comes from the realtor. And she says, sorry, you didn't get it. And immediately, our reaction was, oh, man. But then both of us, as we continue to talk about it, we're like, no. That's our house. That's our house. And again, it looked like this impossible situation. How can that possibly be our house when we were just told it wasn't going to be our house? But yet we just some reason had this faith that, no, this is our house. Something's going to happen. This will be our house. And sure enough, Monday morning, I won't get into the whole story of how it all happened, but Monday morning the realtor calls and says, they filled out the paperwork wrong. It's now your house. Again, that wasn't just our normal faith. That was God giving us the faith to believe in that particular situation. The next one then is the spiritual gift of healing. This one's pretty self-explanatory that sometimes God will give you the, the ability to lay hands on somebody and heal the sick. Supernatural types of things will happen. The next one then is the gift of miracles. This is when God uses you to show people that, look, I have no boundaries, I have no limits. And miracles start to happen. And again, we see miracles still happening all around the world, even today. We we see this in Scripture. You know, uh, Paul and Peter, both uh, separate stories, were able to lay their hands on the dead, and they rose again. We see Jesus turning water into wine. We see, you know, him taking the, the loaves and the fish and multiplying it, feeding thousands. You know, there's miracles throughout the Bible, but again, miracles still happen today of just supernatural things that can be explained in no other way than that God showed up and just did something miraculous here in our midst. Next one then is prophecy. Shows up on the list again. Remember, it's going to keep showing up in each one of these things, this gift of prophecy, to be able to take God's word and help to expose error and sin in other people's lives. The next one then is the spiritual gift of discernment. Discernment basically is this, that you are able to see basically into somebody's life, their, their heart and their motivation in the moment of is what they're doing right now or what they're saying, is that from God or is that from Satan? And sometimes you'll get that. My wife, Lisa, gets this one occasionally that she's able to look, look right into your soul. So be careful around her. OK, <laughs> and see, OK, is this from God or is it not from God? And, you know, somebody asked me a couple weeks ago about this particular gift. They were like, I think I may have this one. What do I do with it then? You know, because they thought that just because they had the discernment that then they were the one required to do something with that information. But what I share with this person is a lot of times God will give you that gift and and that special revelation so that you can share it with, in, in this case, like me or another church leader to say, you know what, I just there's something about this that just doesn't quite feel right. And then we're able to use that to help inform our decisions. And I've been so grateful through the years of people that sometimes get this gift of discernment that comes on them. And they're like, Gilbert, you know, be aware of this. And it just gives me a new uh, sort of paradigm to think about the whole thing. All right, the last two then are the gifts of tongues and then the interpretation of tongues. This one is so huge and so misunderstood that next week I'm going to take the whole week just to talk about this one. Okay, uh, because this is the one that freaks people out. That What in the world was that? How many of you have ever been around somewhere that, that you heard somebody speaking in tongues? All right. How many of you are freaked out by it? All right. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about next week, is it real? Is it still for today? If it is still for today, when do you use it? How do you use it? What's the Bible says the proper protocol for using it? We'll look at that again next week. For today, though, let me uh, say this. You have a spiritual gift. At least one. And it's your responsibility to know what that gift is and then begin to use it and and operate in it. And it's your job that when the spirit comes on you and gives you one of these manifestation gifts, to not push it away and say, oh, that's freaky, I'm not going to do that. But to actually work in and, and operate in that particular gift. Again, God wants to, to do uh, things through you. He wants you to operate in these gifts. And there, there's multiple ways that you can figure it out. One way is you can go online and there's like spiritual gifts tests that you can take. But what I've discovered with those is many times you'll answer the questions in sort of the way you want it to come out. And so they're not always accurate. So what I encourage you to do is just start serving. Just start doing things for God, and God will begin to reveal to you what gifts you have. For example, I would have never have known that I have the spiritual gift of evangelism had I not been forced one time to share my faith with someone. You know, if I had just gone online and taken a spiritual gift test, I'd have never have known I had the gift. But I was in this particular situation, and the guy that was supposed to be sharing the gospel and teaching me how to do it froze. I mean, just deer in the headlights. He didn't know what to say. And all of a sudden, I just started sharing. And it came out. And it was really good. And I realized I didn't know any of that. And there were scriptures coming out of my mouth that I wasn't doing that. I didn't even know that those scriptures existed. But yet they're coming out of my mouth. And I led this person to Christ. And it was in that moment that I realized I have a gift for this. To share the gospel with people. And that they make a decision to to follow him. And so that's one of the gifts that I I operate in. My three primary are teaching evangelism and and leadership. And so you need to discover what yours is. And that's one of the reasons that we do around here what we call first serves. We say, look, instead of just like signing up for any old ministry and just serving there until Jesus comes, just try a ministry one time. Try serving with the kids. Try serving in the cafe. Try being a greeter. Try going downtown and and serving with the homeless. Try, you know, whatever. Just try things out one time. Sort of observe what's going on and see if it resonates with you in any way. And if it begins to, to resonate with you and you start to get more active in it, you'll find out quickly, are you gifted to be in this particular ministry or not? And if you're not, that's okay. It doesn't make you bad or wrong. It means you're just not in the right fit yet. And so you do another first serve somewhere else, and you try it there. And eventually you'll discover what your spiritual gift is. Again, God so desperately wants you to operate in your spiritual gift. Here's what it's sort of like. Lisa and I don't have kids, but we have plenty of nieces and nephews and stuff that I remember what this was like when they were just like little babies, and you know, one-year-old or whatever, and Christmas rolls around. And you buy them a nice gift, and you wrap it and everything, and you give it to them, and they tear the paper off, and they open up the box, and they take this gift out, they look at it, they set it down, and then they play with the box. Those of you that have that have kids, your parents, you know what I'm talking about, Right? They wanted to play with the box, and you're like, "No! I bought you this gift. This this gift. It's so nice." And they're like playing with things that really don't matter. And God's saying the same thing to you. Look, I've given you these spiritual gifts, but yet you want to play with the box. You want to play with the wrapping paper. You want to go after houses and cars and raises and promotions and bonuses and getting the kids on the right soccer team and doing all those types of things. He's like. Don't play with those things. That, that's not what this life is about. I've given you a gift that I want you to use. Don't waste it. Don't blow it. So you need to discover what your spiritual gift is and then use it for the glory of God. I'll wrap up with this. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11. says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, so much for this opportunity to to look at this often misunderstood topic of what spiritual gifts are all about. And Lord, I, I pray that this morning we've taken a little of the weirdness out of some of it, and that we recognize now that, God, your desire and our desire should be that we would operate in whatever gift you've given us. And so, Lord, I pray that that right now that you would reveal to each and every person that's sitting here listening or maybe listening to this podcast of what their gift is. And, Lord, if they don't know what their gift is, I pray that you would give them just the sort of the the boldness to try some things out, to start serving in some ministries and and experimenting until you reveal to them exactly what it is that you've gifted them to do. Lord, help none of us be content until we know what it is that you would have us to do with the gift that you've put in us and the gift that's on us. Lord, I I pray that when the uh, manifestation gifts would come upon us, that we wouldn't shy uh, shy away from those things, but we would operate in them in that moment knowing that they come from you lord thank you so much for your word and the the way it just uh helps us to take our one and only life that we have here and just live it to the max live it to the absolute full help us not to get caught up in the things of this world but help us to be concerned about you and your kingdom and its expansion god thank you for using simple people like us to do your work i ask all these things in jesus name amen